Welcome to Sundial Now on WLRN. I'm Sherry Lynn Cabrera. How did your tax dollars play a role in Governor Ron DeSantis' recent operation to send migrants from San Antonio, Texas, to Martha's Vineyard? A new Miami Herald investigation looks into the state's migrant relocation program that made headlines back in September. Recruiters on the ground promised migrants jobs, housing, and other resources would be waiting for them in the Northeast vacation town. But what they found was not that. The aid promised was not there waiting for them. Instead, they became the subject of headlines and political debate. Sarah Blasky is an investigative reporter for the Miami Herald. She joined me to discuss the latest on this story. At the center of your investigation is Emmanuel, a Venezuelan migrant who played a role in this operation to transport migrants. Tell us about him and how you found him. Emmanuel is a 27-year-old Venezuelan migrant. He recently crossed the border with the other 150,000 plus other Venezuelans that have crossed the U.S. southern border in the last year. And he was approached by a recruiter named Perla, who we can talk about in a little bit. And, And she told him about this program. And he thinks, I don't need to get out of state, but I know people that do. And I'm going to help recruit for this program. And she ends up paying him. And he ends up being kind of this friendly face, this helper that then promises a bunch of other Venezuelans who he knows from the shelter, all of these things. And that he believed it for a certain amount of time until things started falling apart. And what I mean by that is eventually the sheriff of Bear County, Texas, which is where San Antonio is, announced a criminal investigation into the organization, into the folks behind these flights to Martha's Vineyard. And what he said was, it could be a crime to move people without their consent, meaning they didn't know where they were going or they were led under false promises that could be a crime. And suddenly Emmanuel starts thinking, oh my gosh, you know, what have I done? And and that's really the story we try to tell is Emmanuel gives us this incredible insight into the kind of manipulative nature behind this program in San Antonio. Before we get into who Perla is, you visited the San Antonio shelter where the almost 50 migrants who were flown to Massachusetts by the state of Florida were staying. What did you see? All of these folks have been paroled into the country, meaning that they are here legally pending an immigration hearing that that is at that point, they will be able to ask for asylum. And meanwhile, they're here. They have legal papers to be here, but they can't work. And there is just a lot of need. People need help getting to the locations they want to go in the United States. They need help getting food, clothing. Maybe they came with bags, but they lost them along the way. It's a very long journey. It's a month or two month journey up through Colombia to Panama, through a jungle there that everyone describes as the most horrifying part of their trip, then up through Central America to Mexico, where you're dealing with gangs and the police who will send you back if they catch you all the way up to the U.S. southern border. And San Antonio kind of ends up being a final stop. I described it as a purgatory in the piece that we just published because because that's really what it is. People get there and they think, okay, I'm here. I put all of this on the line. Now what? And that's actually a really tricky question. I spoke with dozens of people who were living in the shelter. They have three days in that shelter. That's it. They actually wear wristbands that say what day they came in. You know, it'll say Sunday, Monday, and someone will have written um, in Sharpie on the wristband the date of the day that they entered. And that starts the, the countdown, the 72 hours that they have 
to figure out their lives before the shelter is going to say, okay, bye, move on, you know, whether or not they have a place to stay, um, your time here is up. And people had a really hard time with this. A lot of people didn't know where to go. They were looking for flights out. They were looking for buses out. They were looking for any opportunities to work, albeit, you know, without papers. So for cash, um, under the table type jobs, anything to be able to survive in those moments. And that was kind of the story of this, this center. It's, it's a place where people are trying to leave. As you mentioned earlier, Emmanuel was recruited by a woman named Perla. She's been, for the most part, untraceable. But what do we know about her right now and the relationship she had with Emmanuel? Perla Huerta is a 43-year-old retired counterintelligence agent from the U.S. Army. But the way that Emmanuel describes her is someone who is extremely kind. She was the first good experience he had in the United States, he said, since crossing the border. She bought some water for the folks that he was living with. He was living in a tent encampment kind of just down the street from the migrant shelter um, and had been there for almost a month when she approached. And he thought, wow, she's a military veteran. She's nice. She seems to really understand and she's promising help. This is a person I want to get on board with. And I think a lot of people had that experience. She seemed trustworthy. And then Fast forward, everyone ends up in Martha's Vineyard. They don't know what has happened. No one's expecting them. And they start texting Emmanuel and calling him. So he texts her and says, hey, Perla, like, what is going on? People are saying that they weren't expected here. They're scared. It's, you know, almost night. There's kids. She doesn't answer for like a half an hour. And Emmanuel described that feeling as like wanting the earth to eat him whole. But then she does. And what she says, I think, sort of gives us an idea of Perla, at least in this role in her life. And she says, let me make some calls. The state has to take care of these people. And fast forward a little bit of time and and how she is sort of justifying this or talking about what they had done despite the lies, right? And she's telling him, well, Well, we actually did help these people because now they are famous. That's a quote. Now they are famous. They're all over social media. They're going to get the help that they need. She knew that they were going to get the help that they needed. They were going to be the best off group of migrants out there in the country. And then she says, and I will continue being the worst woman in the world, at least based on this little window that we have through Emmanuel's text. That's what we know of Perla Huerta, the lead recruiter for this organization that was stretched way beyond her. She wasn't the only one in San Antonio doing this, but she's certainly the one that seems to have had the most face time with the migrants themselves. And was there taxpayer money involved in this operation? Yes. So the way that this operation was funded, the relocation program was funded through the Florida Department of Transportation But the money that was used actually came from the interest generated off of a COVID-19 emergency fund in the state of Florida. And so there was a $12 million budget allocated to this relocation program. And the language of it was quite clear that this money was to be used for removing unauthorized folks from Florida. And unauthorized, I just I need to be clear here, 
is not well-defined, but pretty much cannot be used to describe the folks who actually ended up being sent, who were paroled, right? They quite literally have authorization to be in the country. But but what the what the money was for was to remove unauthorized folks from Florida to sanctuary states around the country. And instead, it ends up being used for sending authorized folks from Texas who have never been to Florida to other places in the country. And and that's been the subject of a lawsuit brought by State Senator Jason Pizzo um, for the the misuse of taxpayer funds. Um, There are several ongoing lawsuits in this case. And then also, of course, that criminal investigation. That was Sarah Blasky. She is an investigative reporter for the Miami Herald. There are reports that recruiters on the ground are pumping the brakes on this migrant relocation program. Similar flights, like the one that recently made headlines, have been canceled. Still, Governor Ron DeSantis' office confirmed to the Miami Herald that the program is still ongoing. A Leon County Circuit judge yesterday ruled that the governor's administration did not comply with the state's public records law. The state has 20 days to provide records related to the migrant flights. You can find a link to the Herald's full investigation on our social media at WLRN Sundial. And that's Sundial Now for Wednesday, October 26. I'm Sherry Lynn Cabrera. Thank you so much for listening. The program is made possible in part by support from Miami Cancer Institute.